Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Pharmacy Hot Topics, where we sit down with our experts and discuss what is currently top of mind in the world of pharmacy. My name is Ryan Owens. I'm the Editorial Director of Special Publishing at ASHP. And joining me for today's episode are Josh Caballero and Sandra Benavides, authors of ASHP's best-selling Get the Residency book, here to talk about residency preparation and their top tips from the new edition of the book. Josh and Sandra, welcome and thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having us. It's great to be here. Before we get started, can you give the listeners a brief background on yourself and overall what inspired you to write this book? Right. Thank you, Ryan. Well, my background is I completed my Doctor of Pharmacy over at the University of Tennessee. And from there, I completed a residency and fellowship focused on psychiatry. And early on in my career, as well as Sandra's and uh, Kevin Clausen, who was another editor on the book, we kept seeing our students that were highly qualified not matching. And after talking to a lot of them post-match, we realized that they really weren't well prepared to do well on the interview or really navigate that process. So we ended up starting a course that we offered um, subsequent years and it ended up doing pretty good. And then as a result of that, we ended up having an acquisitions editor for ASHP that approached us to see if we could put the contents of that class into a book. And then over 10 years ago, um, we started with this process. And I am Sandra Benavides. I went to the University of California in San Francisco to complete my PharmD and then moved down to um, San Diego to the University of California, San Diego Medical Center for my residency when we had general practice residencies and then did a fellowship at The Ohio State University. And I just wanna echo what Josh said is, we had a lot of experience working with students one-on-one and in a group. And we were so passionate about helping them achieve their goals. Um, And we worked on this book and we always enjoy it. It was a little tougher this year because we didn't have Kevin's wit towards the end there, but we always think of him and his dedication to the students. Definitely, and this book has been a a great resource for students um, as they go throughout the process. So the beginning of residency application season has recently started, and so residency is going to be a real major focus area for a lot of students over the next six months or so. Can you talk about how important it is for students to adequately prepare and develop a plan for obtaining a residency during this time period? Yeah, I think it's very important to start putting your CV together and cleaning it up. Hopefully you have a rough draft, but if you don't, it's you got to start now. That way, by the time mid-year comes around, it's already pretty streamlined and near perfect that you can upload into forecast. Um, additionally, I think you should start approaching some of your mentors, Uh, for letters of recommendation, and then also start entering your information and registering in forecasts 
and just taking a look at what programs you may be interested in when going uh, to the ASHB residency showcase. And for those listeners who may be overwhelmed with the idea of starting the process or being behind on the process, if they are fourth year students right now, there's still opportunities for students to catch up. I mean, we talk in the book about how do you prepare from year one, if that's when you decide, all the way through year four. So recognize there will be a lot in at the ASHP mid-year clinical meeting in a month. Um, and it's important to just look at everything that needs to be done to maximize what you get out of that meeting because there is a lot there for students. And as you both mentioned, you know, planning is a key step in that process, regardless if you're a, a first year student or a fourth year student. But even with adequate planning, I'm sure you've also seen students encounter several challenges along the way. Can you highlight two or three common challenges that students may face? Absolutely. And I'll go ahead and start. And when you think about your mentors, you don't think that they go through the emotions with you, but we often do. So I remember one student, well, one year I was really close to two particular students and they were both on rotations with me and one matched where she wanted to be and the other one didn't match. So I went from being extremely happy for one to crying along with the other. The one who didn't match really limited her options. She knew what she wanted to do, which she currently is. She knew where she wanted to go and she didn't give herself enough flexibility or adaptability. She went back and applied a few years later and was more open and was able to achieve her goals. So I think really casting a wide net, thinking about what's important to you and looking at programs that you don't necessarily think would be a great fit for you is really key. I think another really important area that we touch on is the letters of recommendation. It's very critical to identify who is going to write the letters of recommendation. There will always be a required number of letters of recommendation that have to be sent to the institution or program. And we often recommend that students have an additional one. So if most programs ask for three or four, we'll say, go ahead and ask five individuals to write letters of rec. And those individuals, I tell students to make sure they're from different areas. Don't just have four faculty members that you've worked well, but if you do, then have one that can speak to your passion for the community or research or um, participation in specific committees. So having your letters of rec coming from different aspects of your application is really helpful. And then you can select which ones you upload to the specific programs. Should you have an extra letter or in the event that they forget and miss the deadline or something comes up, a medical or family emergency and somebody cannot write letters, which really sets in a panic for um, students, then you have the option of adding um, the extra letter that you received. Now, a one important thing to look at is students should look at the evaluation form that the 
individuals writing the letters will have to fill out because there are a specific number of characteristics that the writer has to comment on. They have to address at least three of them. So it's helpful to see if you can mix and match to have most of them covered. Uh, you know, one may speak to your writing skills. Perhaps uh, you worked on research with that individual, then they can specifically write to that skill where somebody else may have seen you in clinical practice and can address your assertiveness. Um, but if the student is familiar with all of the characteristics that they will be evaluated on and knowing their preceptors, faculty, managers, et cetera, knowing that they can speak to specific ones would be really helpful to the student. And I think one of the other challenges may be that sometimes students may get caught up with their classmates that are also pursuing residencies and they forget to run their race. So they get stressed out because some people may be more ahead of the game than perhaps they may be. But I try to remind students to run their race follow the process and focus on what they can control. I think all of that is great insight based upon um, the years you both have had mentoring students during this process. Hopefully some of the tips we'll talk about today will help avoid some of those challenges, um, but let's get into the top tips from the book that you can share with our listeners. Sandra, what's your number one tip for residency preparation? My number one tip really is to be thoughtful. We talk about this throughout the book. It's weaved in and out about thinking of what's important to the individual to achieve specific goals um, and looking at what they're looking for in a specific institution. We did include this really great chapter this year on um, looking at the culture of an institution and how to go about that. You know, if somebody is from a marginalized community, how do they know that a place is a right fit for them? Those non-tangible things that you can't really make a checklist and look on their website and answer. So I think we really delve into that. Like, is it important that you see a wide variety of patients or will you practice in an institution that has specific restrictions? So I think things are really digging deep individually, looking what's important, matching that up, and then also considering that culture, because we have seen students and past residents that have gone to a program that they thought was the perfect fit for them to find that they didn't like the culture or that they didn't fit in or that it wasn't what they thought it would be. And so that's a loss for both the student or, or pharmacist resident and the institution, because it doesn't really maximize what they can achieve in that year. Another thing I want to reemphasize, and it goes along with one of the things we mentioned earlier, is about making sure that you cast a wide net. And you know, I kind of call it, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I cannot stress enough how many times I've had a student say, oh, I've been working and I've been a pharmacy technician at this hospital for three, four years, they love me, or I did an APPE at this side, and they absolutely love me. And even the residency director told me that I needed to apply because the residency was mine if I wanted it. And then they only end up applying to one place. 
And a lot of things can happen in three to six months. Everything from residency directors changing, a change of opinions, and just a bunch of other factors that can play a role. Or when they do interview, they just have a bad day during the interview, and then they end up not matching. So making sure that you cast a wide net. If it is your top program after you interview and things go well, you can always rank them number one. But you should definitely apply to several places. Um, people sometimes ask how many. I say depending on your GPA, but typically I encourage people to apply to 10 to 15 programs. Absolutely. I think making sure that you have several options available and also analyzing the culture and the fit of the program are so important for students to consider as they narrow down their list of where where they will apply to. Sandra, what, what is another tip that you have? It still goes on um, to being prepared. I think there's a lot of things that may not be considered in the time frame. One specifically is if you're applying to 10 to 15 programs, it's going to cost a lot. <laughs> and there will have to be some money saved or a way to manage all of that travel should you get many interviews. Also with that is scheduling of your APPEs and making sure that your APPEs understand that you may be gone for interviews and taking that day off for match day. So we do discuss specifics on how to approach that, what's really important to consider. And honestly, I would have loved somebody could have told me all of that instead of trying to figure out how I was going to pay for a flight here and there or buy a new suit. I, I kind of would like to piggyback on that. Um, nowadays, we're also having more interviews that are being scheduled virtually. So having those discussion with your preceptor about having the time for these virtual interviews. So sometimes these virtual interviews may only be um, half a day. I've heard of some having two to three hour virtual interviews. So when you're asking your preceptor ahead of time for these interviews, make sure that you're also offering your APPE faculty member or preceptor that you're willing to make up that time, whether you're coming in earlier a different day or you're gonna stay later um, a particular day after you come in. And then along with those virtual interviews, and we have a whole chapter that's dedicated to the virtual interviewing process, but it's good to make sure that you review the lighting, the background, that you have a good internet connection so that your audio is working flawless and that you perhaps have a backup plan, such as your phone or something else, in case a worst-case scenario occurs. Interviews are such an important part of the process, and there are so many nuances, like you just mentioned, that the book covers that I think are, are good to consider that students may not have considered when they're setting up for some of those virtual interview experiences. Any additional tips to add? Um, I would... I would usually recommend that when students go to the residency showcase, 
that they take some time at the end of the show, because I know they want to go to a bunch of programs, but I usually recommend students to save the last 30 minutes of that time to just walk around. And while you're walking around, perhaps you can look for what I call a hidden gem. And perhaps this may be a booth that may not be heavily attended by people. Perhaps it's more tucked away. It could be a program that has just started. So sometimes the best programs may not be the ones that have four or five tables secured with 20 people hosting them. Um, you can find some great programs that may just have a small booth and one or two people on there. So you can take the time and go talk to these booths. Uh, you know, I've had several of our students that perhaps may not have had an extremely competitive GPA and were, you know, their CV had all these accomplishments and officer positions, but they were able to find some of these smaller programs. And when they approached them, had a wonderful conversation with them. They almost had a one-on-one -on -one informal interview. And that ended up uh, being the place where they ended up matching and everything has worked out for them. So again, I call these hidden gems. Take some time to walk and find some of these programs. You might meet a program. It may not work out. It's perfectly okay, but you never know what you may find. Great advice all around. Uh, you know, thank you both for these great tips you've shared. I'm sure our listeners will find them helpful as they apply to programs and go throughout the process. Uh, as we wrap up, any final thoughts or words of encouragement for aspiring residents going through the residency preparation process currently? Um, Sandra, I'll ask you to answer first. My final tip is to, as much as you can, enjoy the process. Throughout the whole process, you meet new people, you have new experiences, and you really learn and grow from them. So despite or regardless of what the outcome may be, those are experiences that you will have at one point, hopefully one, hopefully not two, but you are going through it with your friends. Many places have a post-match or match day um, party. Your mentors are rooting for you. Um, so enjoy it. Do the best that you can with what you have. Seek out mentors. And if it doesn't happen for you this year, please try again, because those that do, we've seen much success. For me, one of the last things I want students to focus on is to focus on what they can control. If you end up applying to 10 programs and you only get two interviews, do not focus on why the other eight said no. Focus on the two that said yes and put your best foot forward and do the best that you can with those two interviews. I think both of those pieces of advice are very insightful and good advice for those that are currently going through the process and focusing on residency preparation currently. That's all the time we have for today. I want to thank Josh and Sandra for joining us to discuss residency preparation tips. If you're attending ASHP's mid-year clinical meeting in Anaheim in December, stop by the ASHP store and product showcase Monday, December 4th at 4 p.m. for a book signing with some of the authors from the book. Authors will also be available to answer residency preparation questions at this time. 
Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Hot Topics in Pharmacy. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe to the ASHP official podcast for more great content. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.